0: So I need to go back and we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I think, that um the World Cup of Star Trek is currently doing uh best songs. Yeah. And, and I I gotta go I gotta go back now and make sh- and see I I I gotta keep on voting for the songs that appear in this episode in the in the bracket because that guy a- Adam, he's straight fire, like like loved all of the musical numbers in this, in this oh, episode.
1: Oh my goodness. He, yeah, I looked at, he, apparently he, like, he's just, like, a, has done, like, m- kind of minor actor and, like, guy who, like, works in Hollywood and is never really, like, he, I, because I, I wondered if they, like, got an actual, like, musician to do those songs, and it's apparently just, like, the guy who plays Adam can also play the guitar and sing and, I think, wrote at least a couple of them. Yeah. But they're so <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> at how, because, like, when they first started, I was just, like, Oh my goodness this episode's going to have like multiple music num- musical members isn't it and then i ended up like really liking all of yeah. them
0: <laughs> yeah they're all like, oh, these like, jams these are jams i know i was like, I, like, I i haven't done it yet cuz i only watched the episode a couple days ago but i was like i want to like find these songs on like spotify or something and yeah
1: like, like this put is them in a really playlist. good like 1969 music
0: yeah yeah for sure really really good stuff <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, a show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard.
1: And I'm Brady Jungle.
0: And today we are talking about The Way to Eden, which is original series, season three, episode 20. Uh, it is uh, written by Arthur Heineman and Michael Richards and is directed by David Alexander the Memory Alpha description of it is the Enterprise picks up a group of renegades who have rejected a modern technological life to search for the mythical planet Eden. Um, so I think we were talking about this before the episode started. I'm pretty sure this is only the second Season 3 episode of original series that we've done on the show. The first one being uh, the infamous Ilan of Troyes. And... Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking through the names right now, and I'm pretty sure that's true. I don't think we've done any of those ones yet. And, you know, season three of of original series has kind of a, a bad rep for just like, not being very good. Like, they people lobby lob, lob to get it back, and then they're just like, oh, it's just not as good as the other seasons and stuff. And it's been a long time since I've seen season three all the way through, but I definitely find it to be believable, even though I, there's a couple episodes in here that I, that I remember liking. But I did not really remember this episode until it started. But then when this episode started, I was like, hey, this episode rocks. Like, <laughs> I really liked this episode a lot. Um, what do you think of this episode?
1: It it definitely, it grew on me. I was, like, kind of rolling my eyes a little bit at the start. And then, like, the more it went on, I feel like I just, like, really liked it more and more. Again, more almost, like... Mostly because of Adam, possibly. <laughs> um, Adam's great. And just like the, yeah, like, I liked the, and I mean, also, I guess we should also give credit to uh, Deborah Downey, who is the, she, I guess, doesn't even get a name. She's girl number one, but is the other kind of main, like, musician one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That also has, like, an instrument and, like, does kind of, like, the background singing for the songs but like also very good but yeah i i think the the vibe of it got like more and more fun the more it went on
0: yeah and, oh <laughs> and yeah
1: the, the the songs were just like so surprisingly good
0: yeah well no, i'm uh, realizing now i've never we've done done this before but i'm realizing that i we actually probably shouldn't have talked about that for the cold open because there's something else we probably should have talked about you want to double back for a quick second okay. and uh not to double back and like say we're going to have no, a we'll
1: cold we'll a a open,
0: But, but like, this is something else we should talk about briefly before, I think, we start the regular ep- the regular discussion of this episode, which is that I think this is going to be maybe the closest we ever get, unless you can think of another episode that I'm not remembering, to having a Chekhov episode. Can you think of...
1: Yeah, a- um, nothing immediately comes to mind. Because, yeah, this one is pretty Chekhov-centric, for sure. I'm sure there okay. are other ones, but...
0: Well, should we wait? Should we do the, should we do Chekhov's uh, RPG stats or should we wait?
1: Yeah, let's do Chekhov.
0: Okay. I I'm getting pulled up it. right now. Okay. It's actually, oh, it's
1: while you're looking it up, so I actually did, this was something I saw in the memory alpha for this episode is apparently um, Walter Koenig really didn't like, oh, I have another thing that could have been a cold open that's like a tangent I want to talk about to you at some point in this episode. Um, but apparently Walter Koenig actually like, didn't like how they characterized Chekhov in this episode because he like he kind of thought that like basically Chekhov is more of the like young fun character and gets cast in this one is a very like kind of angry strict like kind of contrast to because because his thing in this episode is that like his old girlfriend is one of the space hippies and he's like why would you, like, really angry at her most of the time and, like, very much, like, we need to, like, like kind of put up, like, as the other end of the spectrum to her. And he's like, well, that's not really, like, Chekhov's thing. Chekhov is more of the, like, kind of happy-go-lucky yeah. young and cool person on the ship.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, like, fine in this, but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, like my favorite deployment of him or anything like that. Um, but I just was thinking about how, like, he really isn't the star of very many episodes of the of, uh, no, kinda... original series. So it seemed like a good time to, like, bring him up. But, yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting. I, I I probably agree with Walter Craning, I think. Uh, I, I, uh, even though I liked this episode, like, the the, the Chekhov stuff is, like, not my favorite part of it by any means. Um, yeah. So Chekhov... Uh, his values are better to be too thorough than not thorough enough. I should say, just in case you're this person you've heard this, is that we, we've been kind of starting to do this thing where when there's an episode about a specific person that we haven't done this with yet, we will go and look at the Modifius character reference for uh, the, 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 the corresponding character in, in the Modifius Star Trek role playing game. So um, Chekhov's uh, uh, values are better to be too thorough than not thorough enough. Uh, every day is an adventure. I'm not that green, and it's a Russian in, in, invention. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's spelled out in Invention, invention. which is one of those things where bad. I, I think the 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 values of the characters on, on these things is are the, are the most difficult for me to parse. Where it's like, what what am I supposed to get out of like him saying it's a Russian in, invention? It's just like. Like so like bragging about things coming yeah. from Russia or, or what, you know. Yeah. So, ranked I think from like 8 to 12 is these their their attributes. So, he's got um nothing super high. He's he's pretty he's a pretty like balanced character. He's got 10 control, 10 d- daring um and then he's got 9 fitness, 9 presence, 9 insight and 9 reason. Uh, very very middle of the road. Um That's, I mean that I feel like
1: he, like Chekhov is kind of the and I'm sure other shows have this character too of kind of the like just sort of standard like for the most part standard crew member like just kind of utility type person
0: yeah that for sure
1: use for anything
0: yep um so he's got he's got pretty good discipline stats so he's he's got a one in medicine and a two in engineering but then he's got a three in I think these are ranked from one to five I'm pretty sure um so he, he's and then but he's got threes in science, security, and command, and then he's got four in con, okay. which all makes all makes sense. Makes
1: sense, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then his talents are he's got something called so yeah, he's, he he focuses on astro navigation, astrophysics, investigation, sensors. Which is a funny thing. I focus on sensors, you know, just you know, sensors generally speaking. Uh-huh. Um, shipboard tactical systems and stellar cartography, uh, which he does a little bit of stellar cartography in this episode. Yeah, that's actually. true, yeah. And then, um, then his talents are, let's see, he can, it's one called, uh, flyby, which basically he can, he's really good at at, like flying vessels and like taking extra movement on vessels. He's got, uh, spirit of discovery, which lets him, um, basically, uh, there's like determination points that he could use those more than other people can. He's got technical expertise, which lets him reroll. uh tasks on computers or sensors. And he's got untapped potential, which is that um whenever he succeeds at a task, um, he can get like additional kind of like boost to his next task if he rolls correctly. So um <laughs> okay. yeah, just kind of like a you know, a yep. nice a nice kid who's like pretty good at flying and knowing Works knowing hard. space and stuff. That's our off So
1: yeah
0: I've always been a check of uh I always I've always liked Chekhov. He's a he's a, he's a good guy.
1: Yeah, he seems he seems cool. Um again, not like not the greatest in this episode, but
0: Yeah, he is one of the main characters he's probably like yeah, among like at least among the first the top three main characters in this episode, if not the top two, but he Yeah. But um not not my favorite part, but he's he's fine. He's fine. He's he's doing what's asked of him. Yeah. Um yeah, so why don't you take us in?
1: Yeah, to well this so episode. so the fr- the other thing I wanted to ask is, so did you? I'm assuming you watched this on Blu-ray, right?
0: I did, yes.
1: So, so is that the is that the remastered version? Because I was reading a little bit about this. I guess. So, so my my real question is: so the the ship at the beginning that like the hippies are on, what did it look like?
0: It's a good question because I want I want to talk to you about this as well. So um, it, when you watch it on Blu-ray, you can watch it with or without the enhanced special effects. So if you do it without okay. the effects, you do it without the enhanced special effects it's just like the effects they used for the original sh- series and then like to the extent that they can clean that the, the cleanup like the video but they're not going to do mm-hmm. a lot of like touch ups and they're certainly not they're not going to like add in like the cg, like CG right. that they add in for like what they did when they were doing the 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 blu-ray remaster because Basically, like, they were, like, some of the stuff, it just like, isn't really replicable in, like, a good form. And other stuff of it's just, like, it just looks bad where it just wouldn't really look good. If you tried you know? to, like, yeah. Yeah. And so what I what we talked about this a little bit when we were doing Cat's Paw with That's Not Science Works. I watched Cat's Paw with the non-enhanced effects. Okay. And I, and I think I said at that time, I will watch them with the enhanced effects next time and see how it goes. So I started watching this episode. I was watching it with my kids. And Ben was asking me, we started out, and like, you get to like, just in the opening scene with the Aurora, when the ship's flying around, and Ben's like, is that ship a cartoon? And, <laughs> and like, it's funny, because I guess he just, he just watched. So like the enhanced
1: did. one is the one that like, looks like a, like, kind of like a, a, like, I don't know how to even describe it. Like a,
0: it looks like, a, it looks like a, like, almost like, like a, a bus kind of. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like a like a Starfleet ship without the disc.
1: Okay, but it's kind of um, oblong. It has, like, the two nacelles and, like, a bunch yes, of windows yes. on the side. Right. Okay.
0: And so we were watching that version, and he was like, this that's, is Because that's the version
1: that's on Paramount Plus, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they're putting all the remastered stuff up there. So, yeah. So, um... He was, he started, he was like, is this a cartoon? Because, like, he he just watched The Mummy 2 with Kim, and there's a lot of kind of, like, dodgy CG in that. And it's right. like, you know, his, he doesn't have the same kind of tolerance for, like, bad CG, I think, that people our age have when we were growing up in that world, you know? And so, yeah. and so I was like, but even I was like, I was just watching it, and I was like, this is obviously not what they showed in the original show, because, like, it just is, it is clearly CG, and it's, like, way more, like, fluid, than what they would have shown, so I was kind of getting curious. And he was like asking me about it, so I was like, "Well, let's just watch the other version of it," which is funny because then like we basically got through that first scene, and then like after that, there really almost there really is not very much more see like like uh, like effect shots in the episode because most sure. of it is just on the ship. So the original version, but we but we just we went we went back and like looked at the original version of it just to see what it looked like, um, and it's like this very kind of like trapezoidal. Polygon type gray shape. It looks
1: yeah, it's just kind of like a pyramid on its side, almost.
0: Yeah, it looks like the, It almost looks like the old like Specter Challenge like Mac game if you've ever played that, or just like a game like that. Like, um, uh-huh. but again, I I do kind of, and it's funny because like you know we talked about this before, too, where it's just like I did end up going see going to see the motion picture, and I liked that a lot, but like I was like seeing the differences, I was kind of like oh man, I kind of want to keep keep watching movies with the original effects because like say what you will about, like, that original version of the of the Aurora, but, like, it is a vibe that is not really being replicated by, like, having a completely new ship that's made. Cause, like, they yeah, don't really I even was really surprised to that they just, like,
1: designed a new ship and, like, rendered it in CG for that.
0: Yeah, because it really doesn't look the same at all. It's not, it's not, like, a nicer version of the ship in the other way. It's just, like, a different yeah. ship entirely. And I was like, I really don't really want that. I want to see what it looked like at the time, you know? Yeah. So... That was kind of interesting, but it was it was interesting too because like my kids like were able to immediately be like oh that's not
1: that's like that's bad not a model yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: or like two thousand eight CG,
0: yep so uh, that's kind of interesting yeah but yeah so speaking of speaking of the of the Aurora like that is that's where we begin our yeah our that's adventure. the opening
1: is that the Enterprise is basically chasing down this uh, like stolen ship and they're trying to like tractor it in and the ship keeps trying to pull away and is like about to blow up and so they end up like because it's like instead of just kind of giving into the tractor beam it keeps like pushing its engines harder and harder and they overheat and so they're able to transport the crew of the ship into the transporter room before the ship blows up and then they go down to the transporter room and it is a group of space hippies
0: Yep. That's what they are.
1: It is entirely what they are. And at at first it very much seems like the point of the episode is just like, hippies sure are obnoxious, aren't they? In 1969. Because um, they just kind of like sit down in the middle of the, the ship and just kind of like yell things that no one understands and like won't do what they're told. And everyone's very just kind of like flustered and upset and irritated by them
0: yeah they but they're kind of they kind of rule though they're kind of like awesome like <laughs> they have great clothes like the the costuming in this the episode costuming's very cool uh, a bunch of them have like uh things painted on their foreheads i
1: loved the stuff painted on it like the like flower yeah. like it's so well done and like cool i don't know if maybe that was touched up too but yeah like very like bright colors and it's like like flowers or birds or like these very cool like just like things painted on them and like these look they look really really good like especially with like the main doctor guy and I think there's one other one maybe the maybe arena or somebody like some of them have just like really good that like painting on them I think like comes out looking really really good
0: yeah so they 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 look, they look great um they speak in like really fun like hippie speak they have uh one of them plays basically a stringed pogo stick and another one of them plays like a bicycle wheel as an instrument, basically. Yep. Um and also when they are making fun they they won't stop making fun of Captain Kirk and basically calling him a square, but they're just going they keep calling him Herbert, which is extremely funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's multiple scenes of just like Kirk walking into a room, as you can see a bunch of people behind him yelling, Herbert, Herbert, just, Herbert like chanting uh, Herbert over uh, and yeah, over, yeah. Which is really funny. Um but you're you're right. Like I was a little worried at first that it's going to be about how like hippies are stupid. But then like it really isn't about that. Actually, it's kind of about how like it's about how like it maybe has, like, a little bit. It's about like, how plot. like you should yeah. you should be a little bit you should you should be a little more realistic. But also, basically at the end, it's like oh yeah, hippies actually have the right idea. Just like you know, be yeah, careful like, not to like to to just be careful not to like chase after something that really isn't real. You know, basically yeah. what it seems like. Because really, from the beginning of the episode, like, Spock is basically like, oh, yeah, I see what they're trying to say. Yeah,
1: Spock's kind of on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, like, to be fair, Leonard Nimoy, probably the closest to being a hippie of, like, anyone on that show.
0: Yeah, certainly more Uh, than uh, than Chatter. (laughs) Or Roddenberry. Although Roddenberry, I think, probably shared their uh, predilection for their predile- shared their preference for um, polyamory, you know, uh, that I that's would assume fair. that they yeah. probably have. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they, they pull the space hippies up. Yeah. They call them Herbert because they because they're like they're supposed to uh, one of them is like an is the son of an ambassador that's like currently in the in negotiations with the Federation. So they're supposed to tr- they're supposed to bring them all back to Starbase.
1: Yeah, and, and again, they they kind of reference a few times that, like, if this one guy wasn't an ambassador's son, we would just, like, basically, like, drop them all... Like, let them kind of go about... Go on their way and, like, drop them off at the nearest planet. But, yeah, because this one's an ambassador's son, like, we have to sort of take all of them back to Starbase and, like, kind of return him to his family and that kind of thing. And the other... so the, So there's the ambassador's son... There's Adam, who is the guy with the the string pogo stick and like curly red hair that just kind of like is kind of not re- maybe like the most like like the voice of them or like he just kind of like sings and like jokes around and
0: he's the most um, charismatic one. Yeah, though, yeah.
1: And then there's uh, Arena, who is who used to be like in. I guess, university, I think it was, with Chekhov. Um, Yes. And, you know, was, like, this kind of, like, smart scientist-type person, and then Chekhov went off to... And I think they... I don't know if they outright say it, or or if they just kind of hinted that, that like, they had... Like, they had a thing. Yeah. And then Chekhov went off to join Starfleet, and Arena joined a band of hippies. And so there's a few different kind of arguments between them, where, like, Chekhov is just like you, like you know, you could have been like so successful and and like a, a brilliant scientist and all these things, or and like instead you're wasting your life. And Arena is just like, no, like I'm living my life and connecting with it, and like you're wasting your life just following a bunch of rules. And they kind of go back and forth. And then the other one is their their leader is Doctor Severin, who. I guess also used to be used to be a like kind of like like one of the, like the top minds in science. I forget what exactly they say. Like yeah, he's he like, did. but he's like a uni- like a you know research like doctor who kind of gave all that up to lead this band of hippies, and then he and and their kind of goal is that they believe that somewhere in the universe there is like this kind of mythical planet called eden which is this like idyllic peaceful uninhabited world where like they can just go and like eat fruit off the trees and sit on the grass and play their songs and just kind of like live this perfect life and so like that's their whole thing is they're just trying to like go through space to find eden and they want the they're trying to get the enterprise to let them go so that they can, or or to just take them to Eden.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I think there's a there's a very, like, nice, like, a very, like, artfully stated and written, like, when they're kind of explaining their motivation, like, Spock is talking to Kirk, and he says, There are many who are uncomfortable with what we have created. It is almost a biological rebellion, a profound revulsion against the planned communities, the programming, the sterilized, artfully balanced atmospheres. They hunger for an Eden where spring comes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a, a you know, I, I think you, you get it. You get, like, what they want, but also you understand why they want it, like, in that description, you know, like...
1: Yeah, of just kind of that, like, giving up and rejecting, like, the sort of society that... And, like, especially, like, technology-driven kind of construct that we've made and, like, wanting to, to start over. Uh, and then... So what they end up uncovering um because they're just like they ask mccoy to kind of do just sort of routine like physical examinations of all of them as they're coming on the ship and when he examines dr severin he finds out that he actually is a carrier of a like extremely dangerous um uh bacteria basically um that they they say like was Like, this bacteria exists as kind of a product of sort of, like, technology and society and all that, that we've sort of kind of selectively bred this, like, very resistant, deadly bacteria. Yeah. And, like, he's not sick from it. He's just sort of a, like, asymptomatic carrier. Um, But basically what McCoy says is, like, if he went to this, like... I I think what they're saying is that, like, that if he went to, like, a planet that had its own, like, indigenous life, that he would, like, infect and kill all of them with this bacteria.
0: Well, I think he's also saying that it's, like, you... you, As long as you... You're... So it's... it's. I, I was surprised at how much, like, vaccine pandemic talk there was in this. <laughs> it was... It, it, yeah, it was a little... It felt very, like, modern in a weird way. Yeah. But, like... like um, yeah. I think what he was kind of trying to say is basically, like, so long as you're regularly... Oh, like, that's treat, right. Treated or like as long as you're regularly like, receive, get like, regular like boost boosted for yeah. it, like you'll be fine. But if they all just live here with no technology, then he'll just kill all those people eventually. They will they yeah. all get it and get sick and die. Okay, right. and they basically say he's like basically typhoid Mary, where he he like has it, but he and he but can he's spread it around. Sick. But he's, yeah. he for whatever reason he doesn't get it. You
1: know yeah. What? And and what McCoy says is like you know like we on the ship are safe because we've all been like vaccinated against it. But yeah, but if he were to just like live with these, okay. So he, so he was just talking about like the other people in his group.
0: Yeah. Although he also says that like, you know, because like you have to get, you have to, you have to keep on getting boosted for it. Like almost like the flu shots are, I guess, like over boosters, you know, Uh but like, um, because he, because he says like, let's quarantine it and then make sure that none of the people on the ship Oh, like, like he kind of, like, gives them all,
1: like, booster doses if they've been exposed to him. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that's when you kind of get the sense that, like, at least he in particular has not really more, like, sinister motives, but just kind of, like, selfish or, like, isn't as, like, right, like, him going through with this would actually be harmful to all these people that he's gotten to, like, believe and follow him. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, Spock goes and talks to him after he's been kind of quarantined in sick bay, and tries to convince him of this, of, like, you can't, like, take, like, go and take these people to Eden because, like, you would kill them all. And then it kind of makes, like, a, a deal with him of just, like... Because the hippies are being obnoxious, he's just like, if you tell your people to kind of, like, quiet down and behave while they're on the ship... Like, in exchange, I will kind of do this, like, personal... Like, me and Chekhov will kind of look through star charts and stuff and see if we can figure out the actual location of where Eden is. And so uh, so he agrees, and the hippies just kind of, like, sit in the mess hall and play music. And him and Chekhov work on finding Eden, and then... During one of the musical numbers, I think maybe the one that, like when the like Spock comes to play with them, because um, Spock has his like Vulcan harp um, that I think has been in other like there's an episode where he plays a thing on that, mm-hmm. and so he brings that down and like sits and kind of jams with um, with Adam and Girl Number One. Yeah, for a and while. And there's
0: there's yeah th- this this sequence like there's other things going on but they do play two full songs like while the yeah which is great like
1: <laughs> and and kind of while everyone's like watching the show basically like
0: well they play over cubs too so like it's in like y- y- that's right you it's it like someone's in like engineering and,
1: like, just sort of like bobbing his head back and forth and scotty's yeah. getting annoyed with him um but kind of the, the the kind of what happens is everyone's distracted by this and then like one or two of the hippies will sneak off and start to kind of like sabotage or take over the ship.
0: Well, they do a they do um, a version of the Vulcan net trick, which is just them like touching two fingers to either side of the person's neck, and then that that person yeah. and knocked like, unconscious, fall down <laughs>
1: unconscious. Yeah. Um, and they so yeah, so then they like break Severin out of quarantine, and they basically kind of take over the like backup control room the auxiliary control room and then like reroute all the control of the ship to that room so like you know then kirk on the bridge has no control over the ship and they're just flying it from their little room that they've locked themselves in and fly the ship to uh to eden and then like steal a shuttlecraft and go down there and then when spurk spurk uh when uh,
0: that's the uh that's the two mix version of of Spock yeah, and
1: Kirk <laughs> uh, but when when Kirk and Spock and McCoy um and I think Chekhov goes with them too Yeah,
0: because Chekov is the one who figures out the or he he's the first one to be exposed to the to the poison.
1: Yeah, cuz they they go down to the planet and uh, the first thing they, f- they they just beam down and like the first thing they figure out is that all of the plant life is covered in this like very harmful poison. Um, like there's these flowers that like Chekhov just kind of touches one of the flowers and gets these like terrible chemical burns on his hand. And then they find Adam who had eaten like a like a piece of fruit off of a tree that like was incredibly poisonous and killed him.
0: It did. It did make me laugh. Like this is this is like the, where the show got a little bit too heavy handed. Which is that they see this that he is eating, this pre- <laughs> yep. and then Spock just says, "His name was Adam." Like yep. <laughs> they just move on. It's like, okay, yeah, just in case she didn't get it, like yeah. we'll just we'll just straight up say, "Like, do you get it?" It's yep. like Adam in yep. the Garden of Eden, it's, he it's ate Eden. a fruit.
1: He ate fruit. His name's Adam, yeah. and it's, it's 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 Eden, and, and
0: just like in the Bible. <laughs> Yep. Uh, it was acid, and he died immediately.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was a little bit, like... Yeah, okay.
0: okay. It's also funny okay. that Spock is the one who points it out, where it's like... Right. Spock doesn't know what trick-or-treat is, but he does know Genesis. He does know his Genesis. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Which, and even, like, the fruit, I thought was very... cool. Like, it's very clearly just, like, a pear with, like, little slices cut out of the sides to make it look like it's got these, like, stripes on it. It It looks pretty
0: tasty, honestly, I thought. I I was like, I would eat that except for the acid part. If it
1: weren't for this poisonous acid, yeah. And yeah, and then they, they find the shuttlecraft and the rest of them, and basically kind of all of them are already sort of getting sick and, like, suffering the effects of this poison that's everywhere. And so they're like, okay, come on, like, we have to take you back to the ship to save your lives. And Severin, the leader... It's like, no, I'll never go back. Like, don't you understand? Like, your technology is what's killing me. And he, like, runs and climbs up a tree and grabs one of the fruit and eats it and dies. And then they beam everybody else back up to the ship.
0: And then basically, like, you know, and then Spock and, Spock and like, Checkout both kind of tell them, like, hey, like.
1: Like, you you're know, actually pretty cool, but yeah, like, we got to like, do like, our it, thing
0: like it's like be careful like who you follow but like yeah you know the search for paradise is worth it basically like you know don't don't lose your optimism just like have some have some like understanding of like the kind of people you're following or whatever you know
1: yeah yeah because that ends up kind of being the thing is that basically like this leader was insane but that like maybe there is something to like kind of looking for an ideal
0: oh uh sorry I was just I was just going because I wanted, I wanted to see I wanted to see if this was like before or after the Manson killings because which it, it was before
1: uh, oh, but, okay. um
0: because it made me kind of think about that where That's a good I was point, like yeah. I was like what would they be talking about why, why, why would they be talking about this you know like why would they be like hippies nice like, try but like do better like I, I don't I'm not sure that it says here why um but apparently michael michael richards the one of the people credited with this is actually dc fontana and she was not happy with the rewrite of her script so she was asked to be credited under a pseudonym but really um, yeah uh so that's kind of interesting but yeah i'm not seeing that like they really talk about like why they did this and i I would be kind of curious to know because it it does feel like like it's 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 an interesting episode because it, it does seem like we're kind of like looking back on a window into a very specific period of time where it's like, what was going on in the culture that made them write this very specific thing, which is like more complicated than like hippies are good or They're hippies like, are bad. Which yeah. is like what you usually yeah, see did, one or the other, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause at, at the beginning when they were just kind of like chanting Herbert at Kirk a bunch, it was like, oh, this is just going to be like, hippies sure are obnoxious. And like, you need to just like, cause I feel like it, Like I don't know. It reminded me a little. It made me think of that. uh, What was the episode where they, like, they go down to a planet where like everyone lives this super idyllic life, and Kirk is the only one that's just like, no, we need to like do our jobs and not Uh, just side
0: of paradise.
1: Yeah. Like I felt. At first, I like thought it was going to be that same kind of message of just like, nope. Like you have to do your job, and like work hard and like you can't just like sit around and be lazy hippies but yeah but it did have i think more nuance than that by the end
0: yeah i i I liked it i thought it was like an interesting like kind of like complex plot and then like just like well written good dialogue good good performances i liked the guest stars and then of course you just i mean like we say this every time but it's just like the show just looks so good it's the best it's the best looking star trek show i think just in terms of like the production design It's just everything just looks so colorful, and the costumes are great, and it's just—it's just such a fun thing to watch, you know. Yeah. And then yeah, also we had the benefit this time of there being like really good music in it too.
1: Yeah, uh, cool, like sixties folk. I'm
0: trying to think if there like if there's anything we didn't talk about that like would be, well, I think actually there's one other thing I want to talk about is that like so that's like clearly like that's what it's about is the hippie thing. I also like admired this episode because sometimes Star Trek doesn't quite. Like, I always really admire, like, a very economical version like version of Star Trek where, like, they get a lot done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I always think about... I think my gold standard for this is kind of, like, is the author-author episode of Voyager, where you and I watched the episode together, and we paused it, and there was, like, 20 minutes left, and we're like, wow, this would be, like, a whole show.
1: Yeah, like, they basically in, had, like, two full episodes in, yeah. in one.
0: And I thought kind of the same way about this one, where there's just a lot that happens where it's like they get these people on the ship and then like they explain that he's got a virus and then like they do the concert and then they take over the ship they they use we didn't even talk about like they that they like shoot like d- damaging sound at the rest of the crew to like
1: yeah to kind of incapacitate ca- them yes
0: yeah, so they can get down and then it turns out that the planet is made of of like acid which i was not expecting at all like you know and, right like you know, it's just like it really like it moved which i liked a lot um but then the other thing I thought was kind of interesting is like the the disease of it all, where it's like it's one of those things where like this episode is strangely aged into having a different meaning, where it's like the the hippie thing isn't really like necessarily applicable to people now very much. Mm-hmm. But now you could kind of watch this and it's kind of about anti-max people, but like, a little bit, yeah. Um, where where because like
1: of like the guy who like he's fine, but, like, is putting, like, other people at risk, because he's just not willing to...
0: Right. Even, like, he basically is, like, blaming this virus that he got on, like, 3G, or, you know, like, on, on 4G, you know, or, or whatever. Uh-huh. And then, and then he's like, the only way I can, like, get it out of me is not to be vaccinated or not to have any kind of treatment.
1: But, but to like, eat poison.
0: Right. I need, oh, yeah, it's like, I need to, yeah, I need to eat ivermectin. No, but I, but I need, I need to <laughs> go... Bleach. I need to go to. I, I he basically is like I need to, this needs to be natural. I need to like
1: yeah
0: revert to the natural world and it's, where it's like it's interesting because it's like obviously like I definitely understand the like the idea that like we have not we have kind of like in we, we're so on our screens we're so connected to technology now that like we have lost something inherent about the way we communicate or the way we like connect to the world around us. Like I get that and I think that there's some truth to that idea, but at the same time like there is among like you know kind of people who are like naturopaths or whatever like or not, not i don't want to generalize but just a lot there there's definitely a subset of people especially talking about like the vaccines and stuff where it's just like the solution is found in nature it's not found in anything that man can come up with and so like 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 where it becomes like if if man has created it, it is bad or it is inherently not as good as like something where you can get from living off the land and so like mm-hmm. he does try to like he doesn't believe that they can help him. He only believes that like if 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 he can only get to this place, like, you know, he he basically you know, it's like the, that's the rumor about Steve Jobs is the reason Steve Jobs died of cancer is because he waited too long to do chemo, because he was like, Well what if I just drink a lot of fruit smoothies? Like, will that help? And then it it didn't, you know, like yeah. I don't know if you've like heard that before, but like yeah. that's that's like the thing people say about him. And and um, that's what Severin wants to do except for the his, fruits, his fruit smoothies are also poisonous but like um, it it's I thought that was like really interesting how like that part of it which kind of seems to be like almost an ancillary part of like what they're trying to get at how that is now like kind of the thing that's like resonant where it's like I watched this whole episode with my son Ben and I was explaining little parts of it to him but like you know like sad as it is to say it's like he knows what all of the 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 quarantine stuff is like he gets that like he understands yeah. like oh vaccines and yeah yeah, yeah like and dangerous booster diseases shots you know and, like yeah. he, that all stuff he all knows you know yeah um, but he doesn't, he doesn't really no idea get what a what hippie, a hippie is, is you know yeah um, so I just thought that was like interesting how like the episode has kind of like come back around to being relevant but in a totally different context than it was ever intended to be
1: yeah so that was kind that's of that's a fair point yeah
0: but yeah I don't know I just thought I just had a really good time watching it and I I usually Unless it's something like actively offensive, I usually have a good time watching these. But I, I thought this was like one of the better ones we've done, actually, for the for for the original, I like series. The original
1: series. I think so. Yeah,
0: not like the best, but like I yeah, yeah I, I a thought good, it was
1: really fun. It was a good time for sure. Mm-hmm. I, the only other thing I made a note of was just that like like Chekhov already kind of like will occasionally lay on the Russian accent a little bit thick, but having like two of them with each other sometimes got a little little heavy like there's definitely one one inner court interchange where uh like i like the two of them ask you like one of them's like why did you do it and the other one is yeah. like why did you
0: yeah <laughs> um, my i i of, like
1: two people that are clearly like american actors like trying to sound as russian as possible
0: yeah i think my my son was like, a little bit confused sometimes as to like what they were even saying <laughs> like because it uh-huh. was they were laying it on thick but um yeah, I, I agree with you. Like that stuff was like probably my least favorite stuff. Was just like them kind of like longing for each other, you know. But mm-hmm. usually, I mean, like it's very very rare that you could make a love story with a guest star um, work. Like particularly think, star Trek. interesting,
1: yeah, yeah. That's fair.
0: Well, I don't um, really have a lot else. You is there anything else you want to talk about with this episode?
1: I, the the only other thing I like, little touch that I liked was that like they they do the shot of the shuttlecraft um on the planet and it's like you can tell it's clearly they only had like one of those like props but because this comes out after the the Galileo 7 where like the the one it gets lost like they just put like a little like roman numeral 2 after yeah where it says Galileo
0: <laughs> yeah did you notice did you see, like, there There was, like, that bit in... It was in Stranger Worlds, right? Where, wasn't there a bit in Stranger Worlds where, where he was like, take the Galileo out, like, when they are talking about him? I think they did reference like it, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the, the one we know is on there, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, fun fact, I've actually seen that uh, prop. Oh, really? Yeah, they... So, uh, um, some years ago now, I guess, but they... Uh, I think it was one of those that just, like either got like thrown away or was just like in someone's you know like someone had just kind of like taken it home like it was kind of like just sort of rotting in someone's yard and like got found and they like brought it back and kind of re mm. like i keep wanting to say remastered but that's not what you do to physical things um, restored but like restored it yeah and then it was at for a while it was at so where, where i saw it was it was at the uh the johnson space center in houston because okay. um, they have a sort of, like, spaceship museum there, and they have, like, this little section of just, like, here's, like, the... And it's, like, clearly just, like, painted plywood, um, but it was, is, like, is cool it, to it, see. It's and, not
0: like, still there, it. is it? Because I, I will be at... I will likely be at that place probably a week or two after the, <laughs> after this episode comes out.
1: Oh, really? I don't yeah. think so. I think it's at a different museum now because i was trying to look this up i think now it's at the apparently it's called the intrepid uh air and space museum in new york okay um but yeah because it was it was at the johnson for a while and then apparently now it's it's at this uh one nice But, but yeah it was like a cool thing to to see
0: yeah that's awesome well thank you everybody for listening uh we come out every other week. Uh, in two weeks, uh, we're going to be back with Armageddon Game, which is DS9, Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, so come back and check us out then. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at gmail.com, You can visit our website at com, or you can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also listen to the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That Sound Science, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out if if any of those sound good to you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks. Bye.